Hello and welcome into Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venozzi, joined by a special fill-in host, Blaine Keller, today. And we are excited to wrap up Spring Fling and all the action that happened last week. We're also going to catch up with Valor College Prep soccer coach Paul Elkins. His team captured their first ever state title. Uh, so excited to get to that interview as well. But before we get started, I want to remind everybody that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Blaine, you ready to do this? Yeah, no, uh, no little bat like last time. No, no pinch hitting puns from me. I couldn't think of a good one on short notice here. But really glad to uh, to be helping out again, and uh, excited to be talking with Paul Elkins here. Yeah, let's dive right in and welcome in uh, Valor College Prep soccer coach Paul Elkins. He's here by video. Paul, first off, congratulations on last week's win, and thanks for being here with us. Thank you guys very much. Happy to be here. So, Paul, uh, one, I, you know, we had Tyler Palmer here covering that game, and he's unfortunately not here today. He's got an, another engagement. But uh, in the videos and pictures I saw, you guys had a huge crowd, especially a big student section at that state tournament, uh, state title game. Um, what is it about soccer that has you know, helped the school really ra- uh, rally around your program and, and come out to, to the games and support and everything? Uh, I think, you know, we have a a bunch of great kids that kids, you know, really look up to at our school, um, kids from a lot of different backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds. Um, so I think, you know, our, our kids are very easy to look up to and admire and they work super hard. They're good kids in and out of school. And I think that's just something that, you know, a lot of different kids connect with a lot of our players and the fact that we've been successful has allowed, um, you know, a lot of students to be, part of the, you know, the winning and, you know, we've had awesome crowds at games downstate and that's made a huge impact on our ability to be successful. And it's great to have so many fans and we're really appreciative for it. Coach, I know the big story from the state championship game was the fact that you guys don't have a home field that you play on. Uh, You kind of go around the, the city of Nashville and stuff, but I wanted to ask, uh, what the trophy case situation looks like at Valor. Is there a place for the, the game ball in the state championship right now? Yes. Coach Hill, uh, Coach Cameron Hill, our athletic director, has uh, he's put together a great uh, trophy case for us that just got finalized uh, in the last month or so. And um, so, yeah, we do have a trophy case to put our stuff in. Um, and even though we don't have a home field yet, we, uh, we definitely have a trophy case and uh, the stuff has already been prominently displayed for us. That's awesome. And so when you became coach of the program, I mean, how long did you think it would take for something like this to happen to where you guys would be collecting hardware and things like that, especially at the state level? Yeah, honestly, I had no idea. Um, when I first was hired, I was just coaching the middle school team. Um, and the high school had just been built. And so I was, I was also planning on coaching the high school team. But when I coached the first year, it was just a group of freshmen. Um, about half of our team was soccer players and about half of it was kids who had maybe never been on a soccer team, let alone a sports team. Uh, I, I mean to say, maybe they'd never even been on an athletics team before. So that first year was us just kind of laying down the law of like, hey, this is how you you know, show up on time for practice. This is how you have to handle yourself in school. All the basics of, you know, any teaching, any freshman how to behave and how to be a, an athlete. Um, we only played like an eight game JV schedule. Um, the next year we was, was our first year playing varsity, but we only had sophomores and we only got one game in before COVID hit. So 
we played one game, we won, um, and then COVID hit literally a few days later and our season was over. And so the next year coming back, um, you know, we, we knew we had a good group of players. Um, the, the leading class was just juniors, but we, we really didn't know what to expect. And, you know, our first year we did, we did well in single A, we got to the quarterfinals and, you know, we only had juniors. We knew we had the whole team coming back. So we were really excited about last year and didn't know what to expect again. But, um, you know, we, we kind of went above our expectations last year and, and just knowing what we did last year, we came in this year and our guys set forth like, Hey, we want, we want to go for the state title this year. And, um, yeah, so I had no idea coming in what, what was going to come of it, but this is just kind of how it played out. We were really fortunate this year to do it. Coach, you kind of talk about the journey that you guys took over, I guess, the last four or five years as a school. Uh, I, I'm curious, first off, how maybe last year's championship game against Paige fueled you guys to, to win it all this year. And uh, overall, what your background kind of is that got you in this position in the first place to – to be a runner-up one year and a, a state champion the next. Yeah, so, I mean, last year we we really didn't know how good we could be, um, and we were very fortunate to get as far as we did. I think we had a very good team, but, you know, there were several teams along the way that, that could have beaten us, and we, we just were, you know, we were fortunate and we played well at the right time and things came together. Um, you know, our boys were really disappointed, sad that we lost in the final last year and that left them with like a lot of, uh, you know, motivation coming into this year. And um, I knew, and I think a lot of the boys knew how hard it was for us to get to the state final last year and how hard it would be to do it again this year. And, um, you know, they worked really hard in the off season. A lot of guys were really motivated. I had great leadership from my senior captains in particular and, um, you know, we, we came in this year with like, that was our big goal. Um, and we knew how hard it would be. It was even harder than we thought. We had a lot of close games. We won three games in, um, or we played three games in penalty kicks in the playoffs and, you know, even the state final. So, um, you know, we're fortunate to have done it. Um, I, my background a bit, I played college soccer at Northwestern university. Um, I've coached high school soccer in Illinois, um, uh, two years of varsity boys, five years of varsity girls. And when I came to Valor, I was just really excited about the opportunity to build a program. And, you know, Jeremy Summit is my assistant coach, one of my best friends. And he had already been here for a year and he kind of knew that there was some talent here. We, we, we became pretty good friends and we've gotten even closer over the years. And he's been a big part of that success as well in helping me build the program and, um, you know, achieve the success we have the last couple of years. You mentioned that state final that went in the penalty kicks. Of course, there was tremendous goalkeeping on each side, and, and uh, your goalie, Mitchell York, had six saves in that state championship game against Greenville, had 11 saves for the tournament. What was going through your mind when uh, you know when he made that last save to solidify the championship and, and everybody rushed the field? How, how cool was yeah, that moment? It was really surreal. I mean, um, it honestly felt like, it felt like a dream. It was like one of those things, you know, felt like a movie sort of. Um, you know, we go into every penalty kicks with a lot of confidence just because we know how, how good Mitchell is at, at um, saving penalties. Um, and, you know, we made our first three. Greenville made their first three. We felt, you know, like we were, you know, feeling pretty good. And then our fourth shooter missed. And 
you know, my heart sunk a little bit, but Mitchell is, has just such confidence in that. He, he even told our fourth shooter, hey, you know, I got you. And then he went ahead and saved the fourth shot. Um, our fifth shooter, Jad Rame, is, you know, a senior captain. There's no one I'd rather have shooting. And so we're not, we weren't surprised when he finished it. And then Mitchell made a fantastic save. Their shooter, their fifth shooter, hit a pretty good penalty. And Mitchell dove the right way, got his hand to it, and tipped it over the bar. And we just all ran with elation toward, toward Mitchell and toward our team. Our fans stormed the field. It was honestly, it felt like a movie. And it was, my parents were there. My brother was there. It was actually my dad's birthday. And so it was just, it was just honestly one of the best days, if not the best day of my life. Um, I was so proud of our guys, so proud of the, um, you know, and, you know, the way we battled throughout the playoffs, throughout the season and to win it all at the end was just absolute cherry on top. I was just so elated and so happy and I'm still, you know, five days later still feeling that way. So hopefully it lasts a long time and I'll always have great memories of this, this tournament in particular. That's, that's amazing. Um, you know, coach, you talked about some of the games that went to penalty kicks for you guys, of course, the state championship, but you know, you faced off against MLK magnet in the chat, you know, for penalty kicks as well. And was there any surprise whenever Greenville beat them in that other semifinal? I mean, I'm sure you were holding out some hope of getting to play uh, what was a district and region championship uh, in the state championship this year. Yeah, I mean, we we had mixed feelings about playing MLK for a fourth time. We'd already played them, um, you know, we'd already played them three times during the season. We knew that they were really tough. Uh, we hadn't, there had been one goal between us in three games. Um, and we knew MLK was really good. We also knew Greenville was really good because we had played them last year. So we were, you know, we had mixed feelings. One of our players has a twin brother on MLK. So we knew them very well. They knew us very well. It would have been interesting to play them a fourth time, but it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, we've played them three times already. We beat them the last time. Let's let's move on from this. And, you know, we weren't surprised that Greenville won. We saw the highlights. We didn't really watch that game, but we knew that MLK played them really tough and had their fair chance, uh, their fair share of chances too. So it could have really gone either way. It just happened that Greenville won. Um, and, you know, that's how it played out. I knew Gr Greenville was a very good team. They played us really well in the final. Mitchell showed up big time and made some big saves, particularly early in the game, um, to keep them at zero. And then, you know, we had a few chances. Um, and it could have gone either way, and, and penalties obviously can go either way. We're just fortunate we came out with the with the win and you know a state championship. Another player that deserves a shout out here is Daniel uh, Jimenez Rodriguez. He's out; he's an outgoing senior. Was a key part of these last couple teams that you guys had had three goals in the state semifinal win over Knoxville Halls. What is the team going to miss most about Daniel and, and what he brought to the to the field? Well, Daniel's going to be back. Daniel's actually an 11th grader going into his senior year. So um, he had a fantastic season for us. Daniel um, is, you know, he has amazing soccer skill and great soccer IQ. He just has a natural feel for the game. We tried to, all season, we moved him into different positions to try and find how, how he would be most successful for our team, most effective. We played him at forward. We played him at midfield. We played him in the back. And it just turned out that when we got, when we made a decision of like who was, you know, who we really needed in the back when we were playing against really tough teams to just solidify our back line and make sure we were solid all the way around, we decided to go with Daniel. 
But, um, you know, we always found opportunities and try to encourage him to get into the midfield and get forward when he could. Um, he takes almost all of our free kicks, um, and he just has a knack. I mean, he led our team, tied for our team-leading goals, and led our team in assists, playing, you know, 70 to 80% of the season at center back. And that just shows you what ability he has. Um, and so he was a huge part of our success, especially in the postseason. And luckily we got Daniel back for one more year. Yeah, I wasn't trying to dip him there every year. That's that's my mistake. So I'm, I'm sure no, you guys are thrilled no, to have, no have another run with him. You made my heart sink for a second there, thinking he was gone. Glad <laughs> he's coming back. Coach, I wanted to go back to this, you know, topic of Valor not having a, a home field for soccer. You know, the story was that you guys practice by the airport throughout the year. And, you know, I live off of Nolensville Pike, so I know there's not really much of a spot to place something there with kind of how that street all all plays out. But is there any idea of how, you know, you could get a home field in the future? Is there any talks of that? There, there are some conversations around that. It's more just about finding the right time and the right space. Um, at Valor, there's actually a tractor supply company um, that has a property in between the two middle, in between the two middle schools. Uh, and so, if that were to, you know, if we were able to overtake that somehow, there's a possibility we could build on that space. Um, there's other spaces, um, whether it be you know, buying a, a metro field that's already in place like Izell or um, finding some other space that we can purchase. Um, it would obviously be huge to get a, our own field and be able to have a place to train regularly and, um, you know, just have a home field. It means a lot. Um, thankfully, we've had been able to rent out Rose Park um, for all of our home games, which is a fantastic facility that Belmont uh, uses for their home games. And that's been a home away from home for us for the last few years. So we've been for fortunate to play our home games there. Um, but practices have been, you know, from year to year, different places. So we're hoping in the next couple of years, I don't know the exact timetable. You'd have to ask Coach Cameron Hill about that, our athletic director. But um, we're hopeful that in the future we can get a field. And that would be obviously adding to our program and allow us to have a home. One more for you, Paul, and then, then we'll get you out of here. But you just mentioned there uh, Athletic Director Cameron Hill. Of course, he's been a passionate ambassador for your team and, and all the sports there at Valor. Um, but what do you just make of kind of how the department has come along over these last few years, um, just as you guys are really getting going, um, not only as a soccer program but as an athletic department? How has how that gone so far? Yeah, so Cameron's done an amazing job. Um, we, you know, we have good – we have good – I guess indoor facilities we have a great gym we have a nice weight room we have a great training room things like that uh nice locker rooms um but the you know the outdoor sports don't really have a home right now football uh baseball lacrosse uh you know uh soccer obviously um so you know coach hill has been a huge or uh you know new uniforms for us getting you know fields getting Trebekah University for our, for our playoff run, getting Rose Park. So he's, you know, he very much backs our student athletes and our coaches. Uh, and I know he's going to continue to do that. You know, I know our, our, the leaders of our school, Todd Dixon and Darren Dixon were college athletes and their kids I know play sports. And I know they're, you know, very supportive of us also. Um, and I, I think more and more athletics, they're seeing that can be a big part of our culture and can add to add a lot to our school. And, you know, I know that they want to make that happen in due time as well. So we're really excited about the future for Valor Athletics. 
certainly seems like you guys are well on your way, Paul. And th- congratulations once again on the state championship. And thanks again for being here to, to talk about uh, everything about it today. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate being on the show and uh, all the best to you guys as well. Thanks, Coach. All right. That has been Valor College Prep soccer coach Paul Elkins. Really appreciate his time today. We are going to take a quick commercial break and then come back with some spring fling wrap-up talk. So stick around for that. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey. I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. Vroom, vroom, time for the Rackley Roofing 200, and it is going to be June 23rd out at the Nashville Super Speedway. And we partnered up, all of us here at Main Street Media TV, and we have joined with Rackley Roofing to send you Yep, what you got to do to win, all you got to do is go to your favorite Main Street Media website, look for the Enter to Win banner, click there, and you're in, like Flynn. Isn't that cool? Main Street Media TV and Rackley Roofing sending you to the races. Blaine, uh, I know you had a crazy week last week. You were running around like a chicken with your head cut off, trying to cover Robertson County and Sumner County. A lot of teams there represented at Spring Fling. Uh, what was that like, and have you recovered yet from from all that work that you did? Well, uh, you know, I was talking with our producer, Justin Kulik, right before we got on here, and I was telling him I, I'm kind of battling a head cold right now, and he said, probably because you worked yourself sick. Uh, you know, I wasn't wasn't really expecting myself um, – to even be able to cover two counties to begin with, it was it was a lot. I mean, it was overall about the same amount of stories that I covered last year just in Robertson County. But, you know, you had four baseball teams. You had two soccer teams. I think just one softball team. And then about 50 or so track and field athletes between the two counties. Um, you know, thankfully, I had, had some help along the way, some great photographers, great writers, uh, to to kind of help me out and fill in some of the coverage, but but it was fun. I mean, you know, you always want to put your best effort in in the last week of the year, uh, not leave any regrets or anything like that. So I, I was happy with how everything turned out. I think, um, you know, especially covering some stuff that I hadn't been able to cover this year, a little bit of track and then a little bit more tennis. So some some fun stuff there. It was a fun week overall. Going to go to question for you here, Russell, looking at um, CPA baseball, looking at D2, one of the few things I wasn't able to cover this week. Uh, they made the uh, state championship game in their respective division. Uh, in your mind, do you think this team has enough depth to make it back to that championship game next year? Yeah, that's hard to say looking ahead an entire year there, but uh, it certainly seems like they have the talent there. They've got the pipeline going. Um they do graduate several several key guys like London hum- Humphreys, Bo Burklow, uh, Braxton Orr, Carter Wallace, and, and, and uh, several others too. But Easton Dillard, I believe, is a senior. But they do have they do have some guys coming back. I think led by Eli Dickey, he's probably going to be their their top arm next year. Um, Rose story about him, and of course his dad is the former MLB pitcher R.A. Dickey, so he's got a great instructor there um, as a pitching coach. And he and London Humphreys combined for a no hitter in an elimination game there on on last wednesday so that was that was big uh they they've got a lot of bats in their lineup still um neil hudson chance tennessee commitment will be back so i think there's plenty to work with there i would not be surprised at all if cpa is back 
at this stage, but just, of course, really, really too early to make any strong predictions there, but certainly seems like they've got a good program and they'll probably keep this thing going. Um, but Blaine, I, when we're talking, we talk about a team there. What about some individual performances? Was there one that, that stuck out to you as, as maybe the best that you saw all week? Yeah. I don't know if I had a ton of great individual performances this week, uh, the Sumner County track and field wise, uh, I think Beach's 4x800 relay team set a Sumner County record in their time, so that's four individuals if you want to count that. But on the Robertson side, looking at Mac Luckett, uh, really performed well in the state semifinal game against McKenzie. This was an if-necessary game forced after McKenzie scored 14 runs, uh, I think in five innings. So they really handed it to East Robertson, and then East Robertson has to regroup and play that if necessary game against last year's runner up in McKenzie and uh, luck had just pitched lights out uh, looking at the state tournament stats from him. He had a complete game against the the rebels. He allowed one unearned run uh, just four hits on the game had a lot of off speed stuff. And it seemed like when McKenzie was able to practically play batting practice against East Robertson in the first game, luck had really threw him with a ton of off speed stuff and, and kept them off of their toes. But overall, in the, the five tournament games that Luckett hit uh, at the plate, he had a 530 on base percentage, a 455 average. So uh, a lot of good stuff just from a sophomore. Again, this was a really young East Robertson team that missed the tournament last year, but is, is going to be a, a fun team to watch moving forward. Russell, I'll counter with the same question for you. Uh, outside of maybe London Humphrey, since we don't want to get too CBA-centric here, uh, best individual performance you saw yeah i think without a doubt the best performance i saw was uh web school's abby faith cheeseman and what she did at the division two uh track meet uh she ran four events won all four of them it was the 800 the 1600 the 3200 and then literally right as she was getting her medal for the 3200 she hopped off the podium and ran back over to the kind of the starting area to hop in line to, to join the four by 400 relay um, with a couple of web school basketball players, Bree Robinson, who's going to Michigan State, and Angelica Velez, who's going to LSU, and help them win the goals. So that was just an incredible performance when when she was uh, you know waiting in that medal staging area to get her medal for the 3200 race, which she had won by over a minute, by the way. I mean, came close wow. to maybe lapping some of the some of the last competitors there. Uh, all those, of course, competitor runners were just totally exhausted. They were all sprawled out over the medal staging area, trying to catch their breath. And here's Abby Faith Cheeseman just running like warm-up laps for her next race. It's just it's unbelievable what she's able to do. So that was that was probably the best thing that I saw uh, individual-wise last week. Um, but uh, hey, another individual that had a great tournament uh, was Ryland Smith. She's one of those pitchers that threw a ton of innings. Uh, would have been even more if Nolansville had gotten further. I know some of those teams that made championship games, their pitchers just threw tons and tons of innings. But she threw 35 uh, over four games, three days at the state tournament, wrapping up her um, really just decorated career there at Nolensville. I think Nolensville got third place there just fell short of the title game, but softball pitching is such a fascinating thing, Blaine, because it's, it's generally just one person that does all the work. And so in a tournament setting like this, you fall in the loser's bracket, it can get pretty tough. Um, I guess, what do you think about teams kind of just riding one star pitcher in a softball tournament? And, uh, I know Green Hill used several, several pitchers to win its state title. Seems like that worked out well for them, but I know it's tough when you've got a star pitcher like Smith, but it seems like it helps too to have relievers. But I don't know what you've you've seen a lot of softball over the last couple of years. What do you just make of how the pitching staff set up in in a tournament setting? 
Well, I look at the last two years for Robertson County softball, uh, the two teams that have made the state tournament, Springfield in 4A and Joe Burns in 1A. Joe Burns has finished uh, third place in back-to-back seasons. Uh, the, the first year they made it, you know, last year, first ever appearance, they really rode Corey Harris. was the one pitcher they used, but threw in Khalil Lucas a little bit, and they did that a little bit more this year in getting third place again. Uh, they ran three different pitchers throughout their, I want to say four, might have been more than four games, but – you know, they finished third place, came up just short against Eagleville, uh, who finishes the runner-up. And, you know, on the opposite side of that, Eagleville just really rode their pitcher um, with a, a Addison Lydon with a, a broken hand. So I, I think it all comes down to coaching. I mean, some some of them use uh, – Joe Burns used as many as three this week, uh, whether in relief or starting. And then on the opposite side, if I look back last year at Springfield in 4A – they won one game, then lost their next two, just riding Bree Asmundy, uh, who ended up at Trevecca. So uh, I think at the end of the day, depth really matters as you go deeper into those state tournament games. Uh, I think you can go as far as you want in the regular season with one pitcher. But if you're going to just stick with one pitcher in the tournament, I, I don't know if there's a ton of success based off of that, unless you're really dominant, I guess. Yeah, um, certainly. Certainly, if you deliver a Herculean performance, you, you could, and we've seen that. But um, yeah, it definitely helps to have that second reliever if if you can if you can find one. Um, but Blaine, one more thing on the way out before we before we wrap it up. I know East Robertson got to cover them a few years ago in their state title run. Um, they fell just a little bit short last year, weren't able to get back to the state the state championship, but they were there this year. I know it was a great run, uh, falling short there to Eagleville in the final game. How are they able to get back and reach that stage again this year? It was really funny when I was talking to Derek Wicks after that game against McKenzie where they were able to hold off the runner-up from last year and reach the state championship game. I said, what went wrong in last year's sectional game against Lookout Valley? They had won their district championship. They had beaten Gordonsville in the region, and Gordonsville had a Mr. Baseball finalist at the time. And then they ended up hosting against a Lookout Valley team that had a losing record. Uh, they ended up losing that game. So, of course, I asked him what went wrong and what happened to where you weren't able to return to the state tournament last year. He said it felt like everything went wrong. They couldn't pitch. They couldn't hit. They couldn't field. Um, And it's just one of those things, I guess, the unpredictability of high school baseball from time to time. Just sometimes it's not your day. And I, I think this East Robertson team really let that loss motivate them throughout this year. We spent a lot of time in the in the weight room, they spent a lot of time in the regular season getting ready. And even though it wasn't as good of a regular season or district postseason or region postseason as last year, uh, this team really found a way to turn it on at the right time. And uh, they let they let last year's sectional loss kind of fuel them to get back to a runner-up finish. I'll tell you what, great example there of why the TWSAA implemented that new sectional series in baseball. I yeah. think that was a great call. Hope it sticks around. Remove some of the flukiness. If you've got, like you said, a bad day, a couple errors, uh, maybe your ace pitcher wasn't able to go that night. Uh, it removes all of that kind of doubt and you know makes you kind of earn your way to the state tournament. So I'm a big fan there. But uh, before we get out of here, I want to remind everybody this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Blaine, thanks for being here. I hope you're going to get a vacation or at least a little bit of a break soon. Uh, you, you got anything planned or – 
for Memorial Day, I went to Holiday World for the first time. There we go. Um, okay. That was that wasn't bad. Uh, I don't like roller coasters though. Uh, I like I like the water part of it, but uh, not not a big roller coaster guy. Yeah, and in fairness, after the week you had, I'm sure you, you just wanted to take it easy. So I don't blame <laughs> yeah. you if you're going on the lazy on, river or the wave pool. Yeah, sit on the lazy river a couple yeah. of times. That was the plan. There you go. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, uh, go check out MainStreetPreps.com. We've got full coverage from the past week in case you missed any of that. Tyler's got a great article up today with some of the top moments and some of the figures and, and facts from last week. So be sure to read that. Uh, but until next time. For Russell Venosi and Blaine Keller, uh, we'll catch you later on Main Street Preps this week.